Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Josh Lebs. So you talk about this all the time, how you ended up taking Time Warner, the parent company of CNN, to court. You took legal action against them. Actually, I don't know. Did you actually take them to court or did you Um, you threaten to take them to court? Oh, threaten. You're right. So there's a different system. It's interesting. What I did was I filed an EEOC charge, which is called the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. That is a legal action. I ended up looking into the technical terminology because it doesn't have to go through the court system. Uh, it can. It's not what people think of traditionally as a lawsuit or going to court. But the way EEOC charges work is you file a charge, then there's all this back and forth. Um, and it is. it does give you legal protection. And then it can ultimately move into the court system. In our case, they were freaked out enough and ended up changing their policies and making them better. So we didn't have to enter the court system. So... I'll rewind for a second here and set up this story because things are going great. Josh is burning the candle at both ends, is on the air all the time. But at one point in this hard-earned success story, you hit a brick wall. Your wife, Melanie, had been pregnant with your third child, with Abby, and she went into labor really early. What happened next? Yeah. So it was our third kid. And we had already figured out that I would be needed at home for caregiving when the baby was born. And CNN had this policy, which is on the one hand crazy, but on the other hand, sadly typical. Under the policies at the time, anyone could get 10 paid weeks after having a kid, except a biological father. So anyone else, a, a mother, someone who adopts like a surrogacy, anything. Were you under contract or were you still freelancing? I was an employee at that point, not with the limitations of a talent contract. Those talent contracts, as you know, are just filled with crazy riders that like remove a lot of your usual rights and freedoms. I was an an employee and there are legal protections against gender discrimination. 
And so I had gone to the company in advance and I said, this just doesn't make sense. 10 paid weeks for anyone except a dad who's having a baby the old fashioned way. Like literally, and they said, that's so interesting. Put it in writing. And, and so I had, and then they told me it went to the top of Time Warner and then all the units were weighing in. So for your listeners, that would mean like DC Comics, like HBO. I mean, everything that was part of the, the Time Warner world. Somehow they couldn't decide or whatever. And then my wife had severe symptoms from preeclampsia and they needed to induce. So our daughter was going to be born at 35 weeks. And I messaged them from the hospital saying, hey, have you decided? Am I getting the 10 week? Because a, a typical doctor could only get two weeks. Still no answer. 11 days later, I'm home holding my four pound preemie, caring for my wife and my two boys, messaging work saying, am I coming back to work now or do I have... The, the time anyone else would get. And that's when they said, no, I could not get the same leave that anyone else would get because I'm a biological father and they just don't. So that's when I ended up taking legal action, filing a charge with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission for gender discrimination. And the responses that came in from women and men were so overwhelming and positive when I announced it that all of a sudden it became this phenomenon that I hadn't expected. <laughs> you know, my, my one little family, our situation suddenly turned into literally an actual global issue with like news reporting all over the world. So suddenly I found myself the subject of the news, which was the opposite side from what you and I are used to. That must have been a scary decision on your part, Josh, because there you were. I know, was Melanie working at that point? No. Okay. She had a part-time opportunity that she had to give up because of this. So no. Right. So you were the sole provider for your family Mm -hmm. and you decided to take a behemoth, Time Warner, to court to threaten them, right, with legal action because they wouldn't give you the same parental leave as pretty much everyone else. And then you went public with it. Was Mm -hmm. there any... I don't know, second guessing or concern that this could blow back against you? So I remember my attorney at the time said, so the thing is, people should know, most workers, and you should know this before you enter the workplace, most workers in America don't know that we even have rights. Most, most workers don't even think they have rights. So I learned facts. I'm really into facts. So I knew that legally, once you file EEOC, they're not allowed to punish you in the workplace or fire you for it. But as my attorney said, he said, it's illegal, but companies do it all the time. They could absolutely fire you. But I just remember thinking, when I graduated from college, what kind of a person did I decide I wanted to be? Who did I want to be? Did I want to be someone who would let fears about mortgage and health insurance overpower what matters most? Or did I want to be someone who would stand for what's right? And I knew that it was too late to help my family because it would take forever to have this legal battle. And I had to go back to work and leave my wife at, at home and all these things. But I knew that it mattered to other families. And when I announced it, all these men and women started calling me to tell me their heartbreaking stories of going through similar things. So I had so much feedback coming in about why it was a good thing to do that I didn't stop to second guess myself. So sure, there was fear. What if they fired me? But I also have this belief in America, not that America as a a government or institution will always do the right thing, but that within America, there are people who, if you do the right thing, they will stand by you. These individuals will stand by you. So I didn't feel alone in the world making that choice. So what happened? So I announced it and tons of publicity came in. And the publicity, as you know, matters a lot to these companies. I mean, front page of the New York Times, like they're talking about me on the Today Show, just all this stuff. 
And then I ended up getting a book deal. And so I ended up writing a book. So all these things started moving very quickly after that. I will never get back the time that I lost in those initial weeks of my daughter's life. I'll never get back that time I lost. But I felt good about fighting the good fight for everyone. And so over time, the message, I think, became pretty clear to CNN Time Warner that they could not maintain these policies that stated that men could not have the same chance to do caregiving. And what I learned throughout all this, and this gets to something you said in the instruction about feminism, I never thought about the term feminism really or it applying to me at all. But I was wondering, why do so many women's groups and famous women, like why were they contacting me and caring about this and giving statements to the media about me? And I came to understand what's happening in the workplace. This is what people need to have their eyes open to when they're going in. The modern workplace was designed in the Mad Men era. The concept of what work is, this idea that you go to a place in the morning and you're done in the evening and you go home. It was built for work-life balance with the balance being one person, the man does all the work, the other person, the woman does all the life. The entire work structures that we are in to this day were built on the assumption that one person will do all caregiving and stay home. The other person will go to an office. No one was prepared or updated the structures at work to make sure that men and women have equal opportunities to make their own choices. So it's only by having these legal battles and by scaring other companies, because there was all this reporting saying like, this was a shot across the bow, other companies would have to see it. So anyway, Tom Warner ended up revolutionizing his policies, making it much, much better for men and for women, changing it so that we do. So men there to this day, last I heard, get I think six weeks of paid leave for caregiving. Anyway, they have advanced their system. So that changed what they're doing and what other companies are doing because of the news. And then when my book came out, it opened up opportunities for me to take that message everywhere. So I left CNN. Well, first, huge, huge congratulations to you. Talk about characterize the impact this incredibly painful and challenging period in your personal and professional life has had on your life to date? Mm. Oh, interesting. It yet again showed me that you can take even bigger risks and fight the good fight and have it lead to something good. It showed me that fighting the good fight is worth it. And because it opened these opportunities to talk about these other issues, it allowed me to go from being a teller of other people's stories to a fighter for justice. So, you know, by leaving corporate media and writing the book and doing speeches and all, I have become someone who can actually be more of a truth teller than ever because I'm not worried about corporate forces having opinions about what I have to say, or, oh, is he coming across as opinionated? I can now call out anyone's BS. It has, career-wise, in terms of me and my life, it has freed me to have a career that I control and to never feel that my voice is limited or sold or crushed. And living a life in which I can have activism, and work that I do and get paid for it is the best career imaginable for me. And where you can be active in your children's lives and have a relationship with your spouse. Incomparably better. And then when our daughter was little, my wife went to work full time. And I'm the one home when they get home from school. I go over their homework with them. 
because I control my schedule, I can take time off and be with them and do things. And, you know, I travel to give speeches, but I've always limited that to maximum one week a month. And the rest of the time, I'm the one who's home more. And it is so fulfilling because I knew when my kids grow up that their images of home, you know, it won't be so much about like who was at the performance, who was at the parent teacher night. It will be what was an average evening like. And knowing that I was here, that I was with them, that I was caring about them and having fun and relaxing and cuddling and, and being completely ridiculous dad. Those are the memories that I want them to have. And because I'm not overworking and because I managed to strike my own balance, I have that hope, that fulfillment, and those deeper relationships. And you are modeling this for your two boys and your daughter, modeling what a modern family looks like. What advice do you have for our young listeners, Josh, about how they can approach their professional journey post-grad and how they can prepare for that day if and when they decide they want to become parents, how to navigate work-life balance? What can they do now? So the first thing is I have this TEDx talk I gave years ago about achieving the impossible. That's what you were referring to with cups and ice. And the first thing I encourage you to do if you're in college, you're looking ahead to a career is to try to tune out all the noise and get in touch with your instinct. Animals like us, we have instincts that tell us what we need to do. And we have learned not to hear them. And your instincts are not based on societal limitations. So for example, when I hear someone say, oh, my dream is to be a Supreme Court justice, I'm always like, is it or is it that you know in your instincts that you need to be in a position of using your judgment to help guide society? There's so many places to do that. You know, people are like, oh, I want to be a Broadway star. Well, do you? What's wrong with like being on theater? I've seen better theater here in Atlanta or on the West End. So try not to get caught up in societal ideas of what's better or worse. And instead, really hear and feel your instincts. What inside do you know you need to do? Follow that path. So there's that in terms of, you know, guiding your overall career. And as for the second question you asked, gender equality, what you need to do is go into any workplace, but especially if you're looking to get married or not get married, have children or have someone you take care of, an elderly parent, anyone. One thing to look out for is which places support all people in their companies in having work-life balance. Is it a company in which only the women are able to, you know, get caregiving time and the men are not? Talk to people in the company about what it's really like. You know, Cheryl Sandberg is in my book. And she told me that she is, I guess, not it's not there now, but, but she told me that at Facebook, she has women who say they want to work at Facebook because of Facebook's support for fatherhood. Now, that sounds complicated for a second. But if you think about it, it's savvy and brilliant because a place that supports men as fathers wants to genuinely give women an equal opportunity in the workplace. Otherwise, it's the assumption that women will do the caregiving, keep men in the office, send women home. Places that have men who are engaged in caregiving and have work-life balance are giving all people, especially women, greater opportunities for true advancement. So places that provide you real work-life balance will also be genuinely committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Those things are inseparable. They come together. And you want to talk to the people who work at a place about whether they truly have that or whether it's just lip service that the company claims to have that. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. 
Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.